Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome into Spring Sports Brewery here in Springfield. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz on a Wednesday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, Wednesday from Strings. Usually it's on a Thursday. Uh, Jaguars all access uh, moved to Wednesday this week because of the London trip. Throws off everybody's schedules. Uh, there's a couple of shows like this, a few of them actually throughout the year. Another one around Thanksgiving time uh, will come out on Wednesday instead. Of course, the Thursday night one from Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. Uh, we also did a Wednesday edition, but 7 o'clock, Fox 30, Shaq Griffin uh, and company will be Jaguars All Access. Uh, and you can come out to String Sports Brewery from now until then. I'll be here until 6. And then we got the show from 7 until 7.30. Happy Wednesday, Austin Lane. How are you today? Doing good, man. How you doing? We don't often ask that question, you know. We just dive right into it, get into the show. No hi, how do you do's? Life good, family good, everybody good. I spent some time with Casey today. I already talked to him, so I don't need to even ask him. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Thank you for asking. Oh, good. How's the morning <laughs> show doing? It's going good. Yeah. <laughs> this is just, we, we don't really do this. I mean, hey, Brent, what are your plans I, for the weekend? I caught you off guard. <laughs> you really did. What are your plans for the weekend? Anything well, cool not, coming up? not to go to Tampa for ALCS game two. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Heard that. It was going to be that on Saturday, yeah. but that's not happening. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for some. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what was the big story? What was the big topic today on uh, the morning show, 95.1? Oh, man, good call. So I'm not sure if it's this is the most appropriate to talk about on this station, but we don't really have a boss anymore, so we can kind of say whatever we want. Yeah, but um, when we had one, we kind of did anyway. Yeah, we, we were talking about pickup lines today because I'm not sure if you know this guy named Machine Gun Kelly, yep. but uh, an article came out about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox about how they met and what his pickup line essentially was. Um, and it started out by saying, um, she came up to him, she's like, you, you really smell like weed. And he said, I am weed. And then they hit it off from there. So that was the, that, that was the pickup line. That's what we talked about today. That's very interesting. Yes. All right. Uh, so there we go. That was the story. You did that for four hours? Oh, no, man. We're all over the place, you know. Then we talked about, um, you know, mean things that your kids have said to you. Or oh, like the, the meanest thing that your kids have ever that. said to you. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, when Ronan gets upset, he goes, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Um, so we kind of went nice. down that rabbit. It's not nice, but he doesn't really say no, that much. No, I hate much. you yet. No, oh, I hate no, you. No, nothing like that. Just, I'm okay. not going to be your friend anymore, in which case I told him, well, wait. I have plenty of friends, dude, because I came from a town of 1,300, and those friends that I went to school with are my closest friends today. So if I want to go have a beer with somebody, I'll have a beer with somebody. You're not old enough yet, little man, so you can just get in line because uh, I have plenty of friends. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and tell Ronan anyway, come back line is, hey, Ronan, the secret to life is to not having any friends, okay? Yes. So... <laughs> There you go. There's one less for you. There it is, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, hey, I was thinking about this today with the Jags in London. Uh, you know, listen, the team, the organization's done this a bit, a bit done it a lot. Uh, I haven't done it in a couple of years. I, I'm not a big believer, although you've said you think it might be an adv advantageous thing. And, and some of the records and some of the games have shown that on occasion it feels like it's an advantageous thing for the Jags. I don't think they have any of that this year with London, and mostly because this whole regime really doesn't know London, mm -hmm. doesn't know how to deal with London. Last year's rookie class, this year's rookie class, who, by the way, are pretty prominent in, in some parts of, um, you know, playing football for the Jags. I'll give you Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson to at least name two. 
they have not done this before. Mm -hmm. So I really just don't feel, if you think there's an advantage for the Jags, I don't know if that exists this year is my point. Uh, there, there's not going to be a comfortability with most of that roster and organization going over to uh, London that maybe did exist for some years. And so I don't know if it matters in the game. I, I never really thought that much anyway. I thought kind of, hey, if you play well or if you're just a better team, probably you're going to win. Mm -hmm. But if you do think there's an advantage for the Jags because they've done this before, and by the way, Tottenham adds a new element to it. They haven't played there. They usually play at Wembley Stadium. I think really that doesn't exist for this year's squad. Would you agree with that? No, to me, it doesn't exist anymore in general. And I'm reminded back in 2019, I get the call from Sirius um, XM NFL. They want me to go on and talk to Jaguars and the Texans game. My, my predictions, the outcome, the fantasy guys to watch. And I'll forget what I talked about. I talked about how Houston had never played in London before. Obviously, back in 2019, the Jaguars were very versed in it. And I said, oh, it's going to be an absolute blowout for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's going to be their best game of the season because they're versed in it. Houston isn't aware of what it takes to travel over there, the time difference, all this stuff. And lo and behold, the Houston Texans win 26-3. to uh, Carlos Hyde goes for 19 carries, 160 yards. And I'm never asked to go back on Sirius XM again for NFL. So... To me, that, that advantage is gone now. Um, you know, in the first couple of years, you could have made an argument for it. You could have had that competitive edge. But nowadays, man, people talk, right? And it is a copycat league, and teams have become ingrained of how they want their guys to handle this London trip. And for the most part, I think every team now has been over there. At least a good majority of the teams have been over there. So I don't really see it being an advantage anymore. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would agree with you. Uh, this uh, Again, if you do it every year for a few times, I understand that. You know, uh, There was a thought last year if they had gone minus COVID, they would spend two weeks over there, and then maybe that second week there would be a, a certainly an advantage because you have been acclimated and over there. Uh, but if we're just talking about it, this regime and everything else, I just don't think it exists. It's just not, it's not there. And, and by the way, we already know the Jags will have plenty of fans. They'll have jerseys. But it won't be this overwhelming crowd of Jags fans. And I told you this yesterday. I saw a poll that said the Dolphins are actually the most popular team over there uh, in London, I think in part just because they might like the colors. Uh, that's, that's probably it. <laughs> sure. um, so it's not certainly because of Miami's success in recent you know, memory. So uh, anyway, there, there's just... I think we have to get that part out of our mind is really the point of that, and that's not going to take place. I also don't think they're at a disadvantage because of any of it. I, I just think, hey, you go over there now and you play a game. Uh, you know, the West Coast has been a problem for the Jags. Why has the West Coast been a problem for the Jags? Well, it's a tough travel thing, certainly. It might get in your head a little bit. But let's be honest, the West Coast has been a problem for the Jags because Jags haven't been very good. Everything's been a problem for the Jags. Uh, London this time around might be a problem for the Jags because, well, they lost 20 games in a row and they're 0-5. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good thing is they're playing a team that also isn't really that good. Now, they're better than the Jags on paper, you would think. But this matchup with the Miami Dolphins is interesting to me, Austin. There's no mojo going on right now with the Dolphins. They have very little momentum. Uh, they are a good defensive team, good not great, this installment of, of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, their offense is just not that dynamic. I mean, it really is not. Even when it's running well, it's okay. And so I think this actually plays into the hands of the Jags a little bit uh, because if you look at the Jags' deficiencies, it's on, off on defense. And, you know, Houston obviously ripped them apart. Tyrod Taylor had a very good day, and, and that was a little bit of the first game of the year maybe. Houston hasn't been as good. They've shown moments, but they're also not as bad as everybody thought. Uh, Tennessee 
uh, they can take advantage of a poor defense because Tannehill's been around. They've got weapons with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. Cincinnati's on the come up here, and they took advantage of the Jags' weak defense in the second half. Mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, who'd we play in game two here in Jacksonville? Uh, Denver. Uh, you know, Bridgewater had a good day. They weren't unbelievable. Actually, the Jags' defense did an okay job against Kyle Murray. So this is not an, an offense in Miami that I'm like, whoa, look out. How are the Jags going to slow them down, whether Tua plays or Jacoby Brissett plays? Uh, I think this is an offense in Miami that even when they're cooking Austin, if they can get to, like, 24 points, that feels like a win, you know? So I feel like this plays a little bit into the Jags' hands because they're – weakness, meaning their defense, is certainly not a major strength of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, obviously with Tua being down, it, it kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit, but to be fair, even when Tua was in, it wasn't like, you know, he was taking the NFL by storm this year. So, if Tua does play or if he doesn't play, the quarterback position doesn't scare you in terms of completion percentage, in terms of everything, right? He's just, the, he, he's not being the guy that they need him to be right now. Uh, and in the grand scheme of things, if you want to look at this offense and what Miami brings to the table, you know, it's, it's a lot of just meh, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to have a team that's complimentary, but the problem with Miami is, you know, I think Miles Gaskin was planted on being the guy to start things off with. He's kind of had an okay season now. He had a good, he had a great game this last one. I think he scored two touchdowns, but like he hasn't been the guy that they want him to be. So running the ball is a challenge right now on top of him and then Brown. And then in the passing game, I mean, they have the suitable receivers. It's just the fact of getting them the ball and them getting open, and they haven't been able to do that as well. Now, I'm going to say this. If you break down this Jaguars team right now, where you can beat them is a tight end position. And I understand Mike Gusecki doesn't really, you know, strike fear in a lot of people, but I think Mike Gusecki is a lot better of a tight end than the tight ends that the Jaguars have faced set aside from Noah Fant. And we saw what those guys did against the, the Jaguars. So I think there has to be a premium of stopping the middle of the field to Mike Gusecki because that is a guy where if he gets going, um, he can give this Miami Dolphins offense some, some confidence here. Yeah, I mean, the, meanwhile, the defense, if you flip it around, it just goes straight up matchups. I mean, the Miami Dolphins defense is good, Austin, but didn't we think it would be better than this? It was really good last year. Mm -hmm. I don't sense the Dolphins defense is even remotely close to that this year. I don't even know what the stats say, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel that way, but at the same time, it's all about complementary football. And if your offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, you're kind of putting them behind the eight ball a little bit. Now, obviously, they're, you know, bottom three in the league in a lot of, you know, statistical categories. Um, but I think a lot of that is coupled with just the fact that, you know, their offense can't help them out, so they're on their field for too long. I think, you know, if this team is beatable, I would focus more on running the ball than passing the ball because they do have the names back there. You know, when they're healthy, they, they do have the names um, that kind of jump on a paper a little bit in terms of their secondary, even their linebackers. I think their front four, though, or however you want to call it, depending on the defense that they run, I think their front is a little vulnerable in terms of, you know, surrendering rush yardage per game and obviously you have a guy in James Robinson who's chomping at the bit to keep going of what he's been capable of so I look for the Jaguars to pound the rock here at least to start the game off once again you know the, the Dolphins close to bottom five in the league in terms of rushing yards per game yeah, at 133 wow and uh, now to listen they've played the Bucks. they've played uh, the Colts okay played uh, the Bills who have dynamic offense uh, the Raiders were cooking at the time. I think scored 35 or 31 against them. Uh, the, their best performance defensively was the Patriots. That was Mac Jones' debut uh, in New England, so that was a while back. 
Uh, and again, it's, listen, the Jags aren't lighting up the scoreboard. They're scoring 18 points a game or something. So, and their high is 21. I guess my point in all of this, the way I look at just the offensive and defensive matchups, I feel like if the Jags could have their best output on the scoreboard, uh, meaning 27 points worth, not like 36, I feel like they have a very good chance to win this game if they could put up, you know, 27, which really is not asking a ton. I know it's, it would be their high this year, but it's not asking a ton in the NFL to put up 27 points. No, it's definitely not a lot to ask for. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm also a realist. And say what you want about this Dolphins team, but they did go in and, and beat New England, right? They, you can say they, they played a competitive game against the Colts. They, they went down to the wire in overtime against the Raiders. So, like, there are some meaningful games there that they've been a part of. Now, they lost them. That's all that matters at the end of the day. But, like, there have been competitive games for the Miami Dolphins, and that's with or without Tua. So... I'm not ready to say right, the Jaguars got to win this game. I mean, on paper, they, they stack up very nicely. Yes, they do, obviously. But that's not to say the Jaguars are a great team right now either. The Jaguars yeah. are 0-5 for a reason. So I'm not ready to sit here and say, well, this is a – I mean, they got to win this game. Well, yeah, they got to win this game. I mean, the Dolphins aren't the best team that you faced, but I'm not sure how confident I am in a team right now that is 0-5. I guess the thing that I want to see more than anything is in the past – when we've been critical of the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is the game right here with, with playing the Dolphins where the Dolphins get going. They, get, they gain their confidence. Tua comes out, has a great game. The receivers come out. They have a great game. The running game gets going. And now all of a sudden, the Miami Dolphins have a, a newfound uh, momentum uh, throughout the rest of the season. The Jaguars of the past would allow that to happen, especially on defense, obviously. Hopefully this team is different and we don't see that kind of narrative again. But I'm just saying that's what I'm looking for more than anything. Is I don't want to see this Miami Dolphins game, uh, this team get going on offense. If it's a sloppy game, then so be it. But the last thing I want to see is people talking about, wow, Tua had three or four touchdowns. Wow, uh, you know, Mike Isecki in the middle, man, he's a, he's a fantasy darling all of a sudden. Wow, Miles Gaskin can really run the ball. I don't want to have those conversations after Sunday. Yeah, it's a good point, Austin. Uh, you know, I think if you take the psyche of these two teams, oddly enough, the psyche of anybody in Jacksonville, anybody associated with the Jags, doesn't ever seem to be that good, right? Yeah. Just waiting for the other shoe to drop. But I would say the psyche of, which is really weird because if you come off last week where we questioned the psyche of this team with all the Urban Meyer stuff, but the psyche of the locker room, it you get the sense hearing people talk, hearing players talk, and, and I feel like this is genuine, that they feel like they really are close. Like, they feel like some things are, man, just around the corner. You take the Miami Dolphins, and I'm not sure the psyche feels that way. They just got their butt whooped by Tampa. And Tampa's good, but they got their butt whooped. They got their butt whooped against, uh, really, the Raiders for a long time, and then they came back. Uh, they got whooped by the Bills, right? So you kind of wonder where the psyche of even wanting Tua to come back and play is <laughs> for the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. At least it feels like we're not down there, so we don't know. But uh, the, I just feel like this is one of those odd games where like the psyche of the Jags might be in a better place than even the Dolphins are. But I understand your red flags, and, and there should be, because those things have happened in the past. It seems like it could be a, a gettable game for the Jags. There, there's certainly... There's never a, oh, yeah, we got this one in Jacksonville. Well, that doesn't exist, okay? They've lost 20 games in a row, so I'm not ready to go there. I just feel like some of the tea leaves might add up to a pretty good performance for the Jacksonville Jaguars, more so than I don't know if there's a ton of evidence 
what I can hang my hat on if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan right now. Uh, I feel like there are at least a couple of things I can hang my hat on uh, with the Jags. Like, is that fair to say? Like, I can give the ball to James Robinson and feel very good about it. I can. I feel pretty good about where Trevor Lawrence is and his growth right now and what he's done the last couple of weeks. I feel that's about it. Uh, but that's it. That's mm-hmm. maybe more than the Dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I just think in terms of expectations, obviously they're higher for the Dolphins, and I feel like this is a must-win game for them. So, like, I'm I'm not ready to to question the Dolphins' psyche of, you know, they're they're defeated in that locker room. Nah, man, like, y'all beat the Patriots. Y'all been in some close games. So, you know, I'm not not sure, like, where they are in the division in terms of winning it and and being in playoff contention, but I just think in terms of expectations right now, and you want to talk about a guy who's come from New England, the head coach Flores, who expects greatness, I think, who knows how, you know, to turn a thing around. This is a huge game for them, and and I think Tua coming back kind of provides a little bit of that spark. So I'm not sure, you know, where the guys in that locker room are in Miami. I don't cover them, but I would think that they're going to come out hungry, ready to roll, in need of a win because they haven't achieved expectations yet, and there's nothing more dangerous than an opponent who, well, they haven't achieved their goals quite yet, and they're hungry for a win. Yeah, well, I would think both teams are like that in that sense. Both teams have to be super hungry to get a W and kind of feel a little bit of blood in the water, right? It's almost like both teams kind of feel that. I I know one comes in with different expectations um, and, by by the way, did it last year, but I feel like there's blood in the water for – they should have that kind of feel for both teams, I would suspect. But let me ask you this, though. What are you more surprised about right now from a team standpoint, the Dolphins being 1-4 or the Jaguars being 0-5? Yeah, definitely the uh, the Dolphins being one and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think they're surprised too. So like that's just what I'm saying is I think you know guys are ticked off in that locker room as they should be, and I think they're like I'm saying like both teams are gonna come out ready to play. Obviously, you'd hope yeah, so, yeah. and both teams are looking oh, for a win. Sometimes there's sleepy first yada, yada, in London. Yeah, no, for sure. Both teams are gonna come out hopefully ready to play, and it's gonna be a hard fought game. All the cliche stuff. I'm just saying I think where the Dolphins are, it's like we shouldn't be here right now. It's a joke that we're one and four right now. Like, this is not acceptable. I think that's their mindset. I think in Jacksonville, yeah, we're hungry for that first win. But I think the more surprise, the more shock falls on the Dolphins team than this Jaguars roster. Yeah, let me piggyback that one more time, though, because you're right. Uh, but when you get five games into the season, sometimes you've got to ask yourself, are we in shock that we really shouldn't have been like this? Or are we in shock that this is who we are? Like, we're just not that good. And the Dolphins are 1-4. The Jets are 1-4. The Texans are 1-4. The Colts are 1-4. But I would say the Colts are a way better 1-4, in my opinion, than the Dolphins, or at least they've showed signs of being way better. Heck, I think the Giants at 1-4 have shown better signs than the Dolphins at 1-4. And and that's not just because I like Daniel Jones. So, like, you've got a few of these 1-4 teams that obviously aren't happy about being 1-4, had higher expectations. Uh, The Texans are not in that group. I don't put them there. But the Colts and the Giants and, you know, I just feel like they've shown a little more sign of, hey, we're not really as bad as one and four. I'm not sure how much the Dolphins have showed signs of we're that much better than one and four. They got their, like I said, man, three out of the four losses in a row here. They've really got it handed to them for the most part of the game. I mean, they've hardly been in them. The Jags have felt like the last three weeks they're in games and make a play or two and might, might have flipped the script. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what you – you know, the, the, to me, they played in three close games and got blown out in two of them. To me, yeah. the Jaguars have yeah, made the Raiders game was iffy, though. They were, they were down a lot in that game. Yeah, they came but, I mean, he went to overtime. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, they did. They put you, it overtime. So. You, yeah. I mean, I mean, you were up 14 to two in the first quarter. So like. Yeah. That but we're, we're, I mean, are we dismissing then the Bengals just went on a walk-off kick on Thursday night against the Jags? So I mean, you know, so are we dismissing that because they're 0 and 5. I mean, maybe. I just, I just so. think in terms of competitiveness, I think the Miami Dolphins have been better than the Jaguars this year. Interesting. I'm not so sure I agree with that. They uh, won. Well, they won one. Yeah, they did. They, they, <laughs> they beat New England. I mean, to me, that says more than the Jaguars have done so far. Yeah, well, the, the record says that um, for sure. Uh, and by the way, you might be right in that. I mean, we really have to dissect it. I, let's just say this. If you're right, I don't think they're that far off. And I think it means if you really look into it, it's, it, it's I understand they're one game better. So, yeah, really, they're not that far off. I mean, the Dolphins have lost four in a row. The Jags have lost five in a row. But I think if you really look inside the games, I, I wonder if they're really not that far off, even if the Dolphins are a tick ahead. Um, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, Jags, fine. obviously, my point in this is really, who's going to just go play better? It doesn't matter that it's in London or Mars or California or Miami or Jacksonville. Uh, we know this. The Dolphins aren't that good. We also know this, the Jags really aren't that good. Uh, String Sports Brewery, that's where we're at today. Uh, more NFL talk, more Jags talk. we got a lot on the table today, uh, from, from golf to skateboarding to a little bit of everything. Uh, we'll be back on ESPN 690. Welcome back to String Sports Brewery. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. We have Jaguars All Access tonight. We'll talk about the Jags Wednesday, usually a Thursday thing. Uh, that means uh, i got to get off the wallet earlier this week. Brent buys a beer, continues from Strings each and every week. And by the way, I don't even know. i got to check the board. They, they have this board, if you don't know what we're talking about, that I buy the beer. And by the way, anybody can do this, but I'm just giving you my experience. And I put your name up on the board. And so it's paid for. You come in. And you say, hey, that's my name. You show their ID, and you get to drink the beer that I bought. That's simple. Um, actually, Moose bought me one last week, so now I've got one. I'm not drinking beer in the month of October or trying to drink less of it. So, And I have to work on TV tonight, so I can't do that today. Smart. But uh, although I always say I would be way better on TV and probably radio with a couple in me. Sure. Um, so anyway, that's how you do it. But there is a catch here. You have like 30 days to do it. So i got to check out the board because Gigantor Jacks and Duval Doom and, well, Moose, I know, used his. But if you didn't do it, they just go away. So now you're wasting my money, and I'm going to get pissed about that. Oof. So you better get here and drink the beer I bought you. All right? I'm threatening people after I buy them a beer. That's probably not the best way to go about business. But, hey, I want you to come over to Strings and check it out. If you haven't tried this place in Springfield, it's awesome. And uh, plus, I appreciate you. That's why I'm buying you a beer. I think Submarine Mike is on the board, too. But you have 30 days. Or if you don't think you're going to get it in the 30-day window, you probably could nudge him and say, hey, can you put me up there for another week? I want that beer. Simple as that. You notice how I haven't bought you one yet, Austin. No, and um, I'm not questioning it. I think, you know, I mean, I think Casey would warrant one as well. But obviously, uh, I don't make my way to too many bars anymore. But, you know, yeah. if you... If you do throw my name out there, I'll, I'll check it out and uh, try to get my beak wet. Yeah. Well, uh, and by the way, if you want to nominate someone, not you, but anybody that listens to the show, of course, I'd love to take care of the listeners. That's what I'm trying to do here. Urban Meyer. <laughs> Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. <laughs> I think uh, Urban is a little touchy these days, um, and I yeah, don't think he's going to come over. Okay. Well, everyone needs a beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Urban I mean, tried that. 
Well, no, nah, I'm just saying that he, he can handle a beer. I'm not even trying to go down the, the road of getting somebody in trouble. You can have a beer, man. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe let's let's see him win a game first. All right. Uh, how about that? All right. Fair? Fair. Fair. Uh, so, anyway, if you got I mean, some people Brent, you want to nominate. To, to be fair, I lost like seven games in a row one time at Jacksonville. Didn't stop me from drinking beers. <laughs> That's true. So did what, what, did what are we talking about? Did people from buying you beer? Oof. <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit. It, it, it stopped people yeah. from buying me beers yeah. and more questions of why isn't Tim Tebow coming to the team? So, yeah, you were on the yeah. wallet a little bit more. And so, therefore, yeah. you kept getting asked questions about when's Tim Tebow joined the team, so yeah. you just drank more beer. I did, exactly. <laughs> Vicious cycle. <laughs> that was a bad cycle. Vicious cycle. Oh, welcome. Yep. Welcome to the beaches. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Lane. Uh, you know, they have that sign, like, welcome to Yuli for Derrick Henry. They should have made one for you back in that day for the beaches. Right. <laughs> I'm just home, saying, man. Home of Austin home Lane. Of, home of Austin Lane and all his money that he spends here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, did you see the big news? Speaking of, uh, you know, welcome to, how about a welcome to Jacksonville? 17-0 vote for the city council mm -hmm. on uh, the shipyards. This has always been a big, I think everybody knows what this is. We don't need to revisit the topic, but it's always been a big thing for me. Um, I think this is a great thing. Uh, I, I respect people to see some holes in it and problems in it and all that stuff, but I don't care what you think in that regard. <laughs> I think it's a good thing, and I think it's a big thing for Jacksonville, and I think I'm right and I think you're wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you think that way, I think you're wrong. I've seen this in my hometown uh, where the Patriots play, where other people play. I've seen this. So I think I'm right, and I think I'm going to be right, and I think Shad Khan's right, and I think City Council got it right. Uh, the shipyards are going to start to happen. Like, there is going to be some building. Do you – is it like, ah, great. Is that how you feel about it? And now let me see a shovel in the ground. Uh, but the shovel is going to happen, it looks like now, Austin. No, I mean, you know, it's to the point now where I'm like, well, but of course. Like, what's yeah, up so yeah. long, you know? Uh, I'm happy that the vote went through, and I'm happy that everybody was on the same page because that was, I believe, an issue in the past of not everybody being whatever it was, privileged information, uh, lack of transparency, but not everybody's on the same page. Well, this vote here proves that everybody's on the same page. So am I excited? Absolutely. Am I going to temper expectations and, 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 and um, you know, curb my expectations and excitement just because, let's be honest here, it'll take a while? For sure. But at least it's in a step in the, in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I think um, I don't know what it looks like down the road. I don't know what exactly. You know, we've seen so many renderings. They look pretty to me. Uh, but I do think this is a catalyst. Uh, I really do. And by the way, there are a lot. This, I'm sitting in, in one of the catalysts. Like Spring Sports Brewery, they're trying to revitalize Springfield here. And this is a major part of it, you know, putting a place like this uh, that people can come down to. And if you came to Springfield three years ago and you come now i think you notice a difference they're trying to revitalize so in a different way by the way just two miles from here is downtown and so they've done some things around downtown uh the, the skirting areas of it and other places and there are i think more places to go and eat and do things than there have been since i got to town in 2008 but this will hopefully springboard it even more and uh, probably mean more money for the city and everything else when you put a big hotel down there and bring different clientele in there and spark more uh, building and, and building.
buildings going up and restaurants coming in and more to-do things. I believe that's happening. I believe that's about to happen. I believe this is the spark plug for that, although there was an underbelly of it already going on is what I'm trying to acknowledge. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, the, in the grand scheme of things, some eight to ten years down the road, I think we're going to see a new stadium in Jacksonville. I think we are going to see events like the draft, or it's going to cost me a fortune for Ruth Chris uh, if it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I think college football playoff expansion could potentially come to Jacksonville. But I think those are sports things. I'm not even bringing in the ideas of, well, who else comes to a Four Seasons hotel and what kind of conventions do they have or what kind of this do they have? I don't even know that part. So I, I think this is a nice catalyst. And, and by the way, I think this is finally um, a win for Shad Khan with the city that he's been waiting for. Now, he's had some other small victories, and, and maybe not so small if you look at the dollars, but I think this has his, been his big vision. And so I think this... Uh, in a time that's been probably pretty tough to be the owner of the Jaguars, especially these last couple of weeks and a 20-game losing streak, I think this probably puts a jovial smile on Shotgun's face. No, as it should. I think it puts a smile on, on a lot of people's faces because it is about building up downtown. You know, if you've been to a lot of NFL cities, you know that they're downtown. It's the heart. It's the lifeblood of any city. And Jacksonville, I think, is still lacking um, in that category in terms of what's around the stadium, what there is to do. So this is definitely a step in the right direction. At the same time, though, I treat it like, you know, when they announce a college football schedule that's 10 years from now where it's like, get ready because whatever, so-and-so yeah, yeah. is playing so-and-so, and, -so, and yeah. here's the trailer. Florida's playing Notre Dame. Florida's yeah. playing Notre Dame, and here's the trailer. I might not be alive. Don't worry. Those goosebumps <laughs> are going to go away, and it's like... Okay, cool. I mean, I'll I'll check it out when it gets here, and I, I kind of feel the same way uh, about everything right now. I mean, obviously, I think it falls back on Shad Khan now of pushing this thing forward and and, and starting to get shovels in the ground. It's going to take a while, obviously. You got to build a lot. You got to build up around it. But it's a step in the right direction. Just call me in five years when they're close to getting it done. Yeah, are you a little surprised? But I will say this has crossed my mind. But are, and and I'm a big advocate for all the building going up, down uh, there, and so I don't want to sound like I'm on the negative side of this. But are you a little surprised there hasn't been a little more pushback in town coming off the urban stuff of the last week and a half on the performance center that was approved and got approved? Like I don't really hear a lot of noise. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. But that was a that was an Urban Meyer led thing. Like that wasn't really a Shad Khan led thing. You know, that was an Urban Meyer motivated thing. And right now we're kind of in this tenuous spot where like, okay, is Urban Meyer even going to be here next week? Is he going to be here six months from now? Is he going to be here three years from now? Like, I mean, seriously getting those questions around town. And yet there has been approval for this whole performance center. Um, I'm just, I guess I thought we might get a few more people that I would notice. And, and again, maybe I'm just missing it that have been like, okay, should we maybe stop everything that Urban Meyer wants for a bit and see if he's going to even be here? Or is this just Shad Khan got s sold on this and everything else that, hey, this is part of the functionality of an NFL franchise, whether Urban Meyer's here uh, or Austin Lane's the coach, we no, need this. And that's exactly what it is. And I think that's why you're not seeing, at least from what I've seen, you don't see a lot of blowback in terms of the things that Urban Meyer has brought to the table in terms of the facilities and things of that nature. 
because, like, to me, Urban Meyer was just, you know, he's that relative at Thanksgiving that says what he wants, and he might be true. It might be, <laughs> it, it might be a good point, but it's like, okay, I mean, careful now. Like, you're, you're saying a lot. Well, that's what Urban Meyer did. He said, we need this, and we need that, and we need that. And he kind of brought light on everything. Because, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars need a new practice facility. Yes, they, they, they need the best of the best to compete with other teams. So, to me, he didn't say anything that another coach coming in would say. I just think the difference was, obviously, Shad Khan believed in Urban Meyer. He believed in the vision, so he kind of gave him the keys to the kingdom, so it kind of expedited the process, if you will. But eventually, we're going to get to that destination anyways. I think. Let me ask you this. Yeah, that's a good call. I, th- I think, And I think you're right. I just thought it was worth just asking the question, at least, because, again, it felt like it came hand-in-hand with Meyer, which it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got moved along very quickly. And a lot of things in that building, again, that's why I would – that would draw the ire a little bit of me as Shad Khan, the owner. It's like, hey, we invested this. We want to move on this. This was part of our plan, but your plan. Like, this is what we – we didn't just invest in you to coach the football team, but other things. Like, I think there's a real reason to be, you know, kind of ticked off if I'm Shad Khan about all the events of the last two weeks. Where do we feel about the Urban Meyer stuff right now? And I say this on the heels of John Gruden. And I understand he took him off. He, he pro- John Gruen has taken Urban Meyer off the pro football talk tweets, okay? Oh, without a doubt. Like, I, I get that. Without a but doubt. But I mean, in town, where do we feel? Like, is there still an underbelly of stuff going on that we have to keep an eye on? Or has this cooled off the last, from not flying to the video to 0-5 to weird news conferences on Sunday and maybe even Monday? Um I feel like it's kind of calmed, and I don't know if that's just because of the Gruden stuff or if there's a reality of, all right, we've moved on a little bit. Where do you fall on that? I mean, I think it definitely has calmed for from our perception, but, like, that's that's what any team would do. Like, like eventually, if you're the guys in that locker room, you have to go about your business and get ready for Miami. So, like, it's not like they're going to... You know, at least most aren't going to be on social media saying, I can't believe what's going on here. And, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to focus on the task at hand. So I'm not surprised that it, it's quieted down because eventually it was going to. But I also think that if you keep on losing games, then I think we're just getting started in terms of maybe what people are saying in the locker room, what sources are saying. Like, we talk yeah. about this all the time. Winning cures everything. It's the ultimate bandage. And right now, the, the Jaguars have a pretty deep wound. And I think a loss to the, the Dolphins is going to add salt to that wound. That's the last thing you want right now. You want to start bandaging the thing up a little bit. So we'll see how this, this London trip goes. We'll see how they look during the game, um, if it is a good product or not. But I'm afraid that if it's not and you lose another one, you go six in a row, then, yeah, I think guys at locker room are going to be frustrated. Because, I mean, I've been on more tight-knit teams that have, you know, lost a lot as well. And we were still frustrated. We were still yeah. going back and forth. And this was really the time where, you know, Twitter was it, it was starting to become a thing and social media and all this stuff. But it's not like it is now. Like, you just get the sense that eventually, um, if this thing truly does, you know, come to a head, you're going to find out about it. Yeah, I think, Austin, to, to answer my own question, I believe that, yeah, the pro football talk tweets are done for now. I think the Sunday night football, think if there wasn't a 45-minute weather delay, probably they wouldn't even have got to it. Uh, I think on Sunday morning's broadcast, you might see a mention of it, but you're not going to see stories and sideline hits on it. I think the underbelly of it, though, I still believe there's some scouring of lawyers and stuff looking at this contract and saying, 
if we have to, how do we get out of this? And will we get sued down the road if we do? Or how much will we have to eat? Like, I think at the very least, this urban stuff from the last couple of weeks has put the attorneys on watch to say, all right, let's look at this thing in case something else happens. Another shoe drops. And by the way, I'm not sharing information like that. Somebody told me that. That's what I think is happening. I, no, I would yeah. think. No, for um, sure. And, and I wonder, and so to your point, does it, does something else come out at some point because the Jags are still mired in a losing streak? Or if they win and we feel good going into the bye week and they start to flip, have we turned the ship a little bit on the Urban Meyer front? I think that still potentially exists as well. We'll have we'll to see, man. I know the music's cutting out, so I'll share my thoughts to the, in, the, in the back end Yeah, let's do it. On, <laughs> good. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. I don't care about the damn music. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Something that I've always tried to do, um, especially since college, since I can remember, is just get better every week. It's a long season. You can't, you can't go back and change anything. You know, I've had, some, I've had some bad plays this year, but I can't go back and change those. And just realizing, you know, you learn every week, and it's a long season. And as long as I keep getting better, I really feel like at the end of the year, we're going to be in a good situation, and we're going to um, take advantage of a lot of these situations that, we're gonna, that are going to come to us from, from me playing well. Tell you what, man, I, I give these guys in the locker room, especially a young guy like that, uh, the... He's really done a good job of, of keeping the, the focus. And, Illis, I understand a lot of it's just player talk and what you got to do, and they're in the middle of it, you got to say. But, I don't know, like I've been saying, I think Trevor Lawrence says it in kind of a way that makes you really believe it, yeah. <laughs> number one. I mean, he really does. And I think we wondered, and I did. I, I, I thought the number one question about Trevor Lawrence coming out was how would he handle adversity. Like, mm-hmm. that was sincerely, like, my number one question about him. And I think he's done a good job. I mean, shoot, man. How much more adversity can you handle? Can you deal with? Can you have? And 0-5, Urban Meyer, all this stuff. I mean, I think he's done a fantastic job of it, at least externally. I will say this. In the past, I've wondered. I I thought I remember giving this nod to Blake Bortles in the past and being like, hey, I think he handles it really well. And then I would talk to him kind of off to the side or I'd talk to some other people and be like, hey, it's eating him up a lot more than he looks like on a podium, you know? So... I and 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 then like his play kind of proved that where he, like Bortles would go in a tank sometimes and it would be tough to get him out of it, you know. And so because of the negativity and and dealing with it and uh, what his family was dealing with, all this stuff and it, like so that does, that's real. You can read this wrong, I guess is the point. I, I don't think we're reading it that wrong this early in the career of, of Trevor. And I think some of it is because Trevor's got to be playing with an element of confidence that he's playing a little bit better as he goes, right, Austin? No, for sure. And then that's, I think, what you're holding on to right now. It's just, you know, if I can keep stringing these positive games together and keep getting better, then I can lead us to a victory. Now, it's going to take more than just him. Obviously, receivers have to catch the ball and not fumble the ball. Obviously, James Robbins has to keep doing what he's doing. And obviously, an offensive line now that, you know, is down your starting guard and now your starting center and Brandon Linder, they got to step up as well. And, you know, and this is just, this is life in the NFL. Injuries do happen and it's going to be the next man up. And hopefully, you know, the next man up, if you will, uh, can have Trevor's back. I uh, don't want to, um, I know we had to run to break, but I, the thing I had said about Urban Meyer, just to put a bow on that conversation, uh, by the way, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live at String Sports Brewery, and uh, we'll have Jaguars All Access tonight at 7 o'clock as well from here on Fox 30. I, I said that it feels like at least the, 
onslaught of urban questions and everything else has died down. I don't know in the underbelly of it if it's really died down. In fact, my view is it hasn't. I think there's some scouring on that contract and, hey, what if we better be ready here just in case something else happens or something comes of this situation or it's just a mess in this building and now that we've asked more questions, we're finding that out. Like, I think that could exist and probably does exist to some degree. Um, I don't think... Urban Meyer's going to coach his last game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that to be the case. That's not what I'm getting at. But say there's the underbelly of that going on. If the Jazz can come out and win, the whole situation has settled down, at least from a perception and public standpoint. Could we see the ship have turned a little bit on the Urban Meyer front? And maybe now, who I think is one of the great front runners of all time is Urban Meyer, maybe they stack some good things up if they were able to get a win against Miami. You started to say something, and then we had to go to break. Yeah, um, you know, I think this game is big for a few reasons, but the primary reason that when the Jaguars take the field in London against the Miami Dolphins, it's going to be the only show in town. It's going to be the only game on TV that morning. And, you know, if you're an NFL fan, you're going to be watching this game, or d d despite what these records are and despite who's playing. You saw that Thursday night when the Jaguars played the Bengals. So, yes, this is your opportunity, I think, to, to right some wrongs, um, to maybe get people off your back a little bit and, you know, to just show, hey, I, I know what I'm doing here. I belong, and I can handle this. And the other side of that coin is, well, if you do come out against Miami and it's bad body language and, and then the team struggles and there's penalties and there's mistakes and yada, 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 well, then you're the only show in town. And people are going to remember that. And then I think the tidal wave is going to come once again uh, with scrutiny uh, and, and people questioning what you're doing. Yeah, and I think, Austin, like these moments, you know, Thursday night if they beat the Bengals, you sit on that for 10 days. We get to talk in Jacksonville like, hey, they won a game on Thursday night football. You're like, wow, for 10 days we get to talk about a win. Oh, now it's really turning. Hey, President of Sunshine and Rainbow Spray here could sit here and be all positive for six shows in a row. Yeah. Well, the opposite of that, and that one maybe not so much, but we did talk about fourth down a lot. They're going into a bye week. If they beat Miami, we can talk about that kind of stuff. We can say, hey, Seattle might have Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. No Russell Wilson. You never know. Yeah. But if they lose, you can't do that, you know? So I, I think these games with these big lapses in between are a big deal. <laughs> and the Jags have not been very good at them over time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see what they can do. But it would be a very nice time to get a win uh, yeah. when you can sit and talk about it for a couple of weeks going to Seattle. Uh, in a few weeks from now. We'll take a break from Strings. When we come back, talk a little skateboarding. We'll talk more football as well. Uh, where will this conversation go? It's next on ESPN 690.